Hey everyone, welcome to The Starting Designer, a podcast focused on providing tips, tricks, and advice on getting through your first year of owning your own design business. Before we get started with our design industry guest, I wanted to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Revolution Performance Fabrics. Now, listen, relax, get some daily motivation, and enjoy. Hey, podcast listeners. Uh, today, we have Farshid Tafazuli. Farshid is the co-founder and chief business officer at Material Bank. From the beginning, Farshid has worked with Adam Sandow to build out Sandow's vision of creating the world's largest marketplace for architecture, design, and construction material. Farshid has become a business mentor to me as I grow revolution, and I'm really happy to have him on the podcast today. Hey, Farshid. Hey, Farshid. Hello there. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I, I I can't can't thank you enough. You know, we met uh, you know, a few a few months ago, jumped on a podcast. I was I was having uh, you know, I, I was trying to navigate Material Bank and it was absolutely amazing that, you know, the, a co-founder jumped on and said, Hey, look, I want to know this guy, I want to know his business. This is this is exactly what our platform was built for. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm just honored for you to be on the podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure and really looking forward to uh, rolling up our sleeves and uh, learning, learning as much as we possibly can about this industry, and hopefully uh, some of your listeners can take some uh, key nuggets away. Yeah, and so for those listeners, um, so if you do or if you don't know what Material Bank is, can I give me a kind of a, a synopsis? I know I just gave a, a a little one, but I want to let's learn more. Sure thing. So you know, Material Bank is in its fourth year of business. And I'm going to share with you the journey that we've taken. We started off uh, by solving for a pain point uh, inside of this community. We really looked at ourselves in being in a very advantaged position in this industry uh, to know what these pain points were. So uh, Material Bank was the idea. It was conceived by Adam Sandow, uh, a serial entrepreneur uh, who had a very deep footprint in the world of architect and design. He built what is the largest media company uh, in this industry for architect and design uh, called Sandow Design Group. And what we learned from Sandow Design Group was that there was a massive pain point uh, at the sampling moment. So prior to Material Bank, because I always like to describe what the world looked like before we came in, but prior to Material Bank, if you were an architect or designer and you were working on a project, uh, you would have to go for each carpet manufacturer that you were looking for. You'd have to contact each one of your reps at different brands. You'd have to go to a variety of different websites. Uh, and then you'd have to wait at times what was a week, two weeks, maybe a carpet salesman uh, stopped by, a rep stopped by, uh, pulled out uh, a number of heavy pieces. You went back and forth. And in a couple of weeks, you started to receive packages. Uh, and that was very unsustainable, um, you know, certainly not good for the environment, uh, was, had a tremendous lag and, and certainly did not match intuitively what was taking place uh, in our own personal worlds, right? So four years ago in our own personal lives, we could sit there and order an Uber and have it there within seconds. We could place an order for Instacart and have food delivered to our homes. And so all of these modern amenities that we were used to in our personal lives, when we would go to work as an architect or designer, we were back in the 1960s. And so that, that did not make sense to any of us. 
And so we started to utilize technology to solve for many of the pain points that existed. And as I mentioned, this, this pain point of searching, sampling, and specifying was just the largest of all of them that existed at that moment. And so what we set out to do is we took a warehouse uh, in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, and the reason we went to Memphis, Tennessee is because we wanted to be next door to the main FedEx super hub so that we could process orders that came in from the designer community up to midnight. And we set up a website where we took all of the variety of brands. So we now have over 500 brands that are on our platform. And these are really the best well-known brands, the industry giants down to smaller brands that are really trying to establish themselves and sell to that architect and designer. And so instead of going to each individual website, if you were ordering from five brands, going to five websites, receiving five different packages, you now came onto Material Bank, you performed your search. If you typed, for example, a red textile, you would have hundreds of thousands of red textiles. And in 10 seconds of filtering, you could choose that you were looking for 50,000 double rubs. You were looking for something that had a specific flammability certification, uh, antimicrobial, and you could go down to the 12 products that would work for you. And so in seconds, you could go through search, sample, and work your way towards specification. And instead of getting five boxes in that example, five different categories, you got one package. And that one package, we shipped out 100% uh, carbon neutral. So we purchased carbon offsets. It's far more sustainable. And you get this package that, that is, um, first we, we were awarded two patents for the packaging and it really took off. Um, you know, we really hit a note and solved the pain point um, for, for the community. But the primary benefit that we provide here is actually free for the architects and designers. Uh, and that's our business model is you come as an architect or designer, you have to be approved. You can't just get onto the platform. Uh, we now have over 100,000 fully vetted approved users. And so you come to the platform after you get approval, you can search for products in over 200 categories. Uh, so that warehouse has grown significantly. It's now um, approximately 400,000 square feet. Uh, there are over 150 robots that have been placed there. And it is very common for a typical night for over 100,000 samples to go out of this facility. And we've really gone from this startup, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, to to uh, very much uh, an industry leader. So we, we have had the good fortune of having raised um, over $325 million. Um, and just you know weeks ago, uh, we announced uh, our last uh, raise in which we received an approximately $1.9 billion uh, valuation from wow. the venture capitalist community. That's amazing. Well, I, I know it solves two pain points for me, which is, um, you know, Revolution Fabric started just a little over four years ago, and we didn't sell to the design trade. And, and many of the people listening to this probably, you know, can't believe that we're only four years old. But two pain points that you solved for me was you gave me credibility. You put me, my name, Revolution Fabrics, up in front with the Kravitz, the Fabricuts, the Peak Hoffmans, the the, uh, the, the, the companies who have been around for, for 50 years. And then the other thing you did as, because I am a small 
you know, cut yardage website, you know, it's about a hundred thousand square feet. It's nothing, nothing like yours, but I can't afford yet to have that, uh, that, uh, be able to take a, a fabric order at 10 o'clock at night or eight o'clock at night and be able to ship that out and get it to the designer next week. So it's really helped, uh, for that customer base who really wants samples fast. And then also from a credibility standpoint, how to, uh, it's, it, 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 I was all over it when I heard, of, heard about it. I think I, got <laughs> a, I heard, I think I got an Instagram ad and then, thank you. Thank and then you. of course, when traditional fabric, uh, jobbers and stuff say, I'm not sure about this. It's like, Ooh, I gotta, I gotta check that out. That's always, that's always disrupting in a, in a market's fun. Um, so I'm sure, I'm sure your listeners are wondering if, if, the service is free for the architects and designers. Who, who pays for this? Who pays how does, for this? How does the business model sort of work? And the business model is very simple. Uh, so it is you, in fact, Anderson, as one of the brand manufacturers. So Revolution Fabric being on the, um, uh, being on the platform. When a designer who's working on a project, who's qualified, has gotten approved, comes to the site, and they're ordering, um, you know, they might be looking for, for Benjamin Moore or Sherwin-Williams paint, a Mohawk floor. Uh, as they work their way to textile, uh, glass, 200 categories, when you're sampled, we actually take your product, we place it in the box, and we charge you a lead fee because that is what we're providing you. We're providing you a lead and connecting you directly with that designer so that you have all of the information that you need the process becomes easier for the designer to be able to, to order and to have it where they are contacted by their specific rep and can work through that, that typically normal process. Another thing I'll add to you, because sustainability was always a day one required item. Uh, so I mentioned all the packages go out carbon neutral, but the very same package that comes to you when you remove it out of the FedEx box, you can put back what you don't want. It's optional, but you can return samples. And so instead of having clutter waste, uh, you know, having, uh, having these products go into a landfill is an absolute no-no. And so uh, this sample return process uh, to date um, has uh, really changed the way that the industry operates. So when a sample comes back to the warehouse, we inspect it. If it's in perfect shape, it actually goes back onto the shelf. And we first take a look at the number of packages we saved, right? If you ordered five brands before, you were getting five packages. Now, if you order five brands, you're getting one. And so that you've saved in that illustration four packages. So to date, we've saved over 2.6 million packages. And of the products that come back, we have saved over 100,000 pounds, um, really, of, of, uh, of waste from going to the landfills. And by the way, the products that aren't in perfect shape, you should know we donate those at our own cost for student causes. So we actually bring them to our university program. 91% of the CETA schools are actually registered and, and utilizing it. Um, they can't order physical samples, but we bring the samples that weren't in perfect shape and we place it in the hands of these students. They're so excited to be able to hold, um, but we're also educating them about your brand and the other brands that are there as the next generation of students are coming out of, out of school and really going through their process of getting into the workforce. Yeah. And then, you know, Barson, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but when y'all started four years ago, it's really, it was, uh, 
more commercial hospitality focused um, where it was. And that's that's what I'm excited about, because Revolution doesn't operate at all in that space. So it, it really allows me to kind of jump to the front of the line and, you know, the Ginzers of the world. And it's it's so cool to, you know, get a notification, you know, some designer posts on our mood board on our Instagram account. And it's <laughs> us with 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 these different suppliers. Um, but, you know, as as you guys think about expanding material bank, um, is is the goal to go more residential? Is is it's a great um, great question? Yeah. So so you are right. We uh, started off and have been very commercially focused on the main material bank uh, marketplace, uh, and I'll, I'll share some insights uh, for you in that side. So two hundred largest firms. Uh, these are your your uh, mega firms that are out there, number one through 200. If you measure them as a percentage of the firms that utilize Material Bank in North America, we are in over 98% of those firms now. Uh, so very deep adoption for many of these firms. We've simply become part of their training program. If you're a designer and you've joined, it, it, you are utilized uh, from day one. You are taught how to use Material Bank, and that's where you place your order. Continuing that same commercial adoption has been corporate America's internal design teams. So if you work, for example, at some of the largest uh, uh, corporate firms that exist, so places like Apple, CBRE, Nike, Amazon, Target, you know, if you're part of the Starbucks design team or any of the hotels, again, very commercial, but you're the internal design team that works at these large corporate locations, we are approaching almost 25% of the Fortune 1000's internal design teams um, that are utilizing material banks. So very, very deep adoption. Now we're starting to turn our attention, though, uh, towards the consumer and towards the residential markets. Uh, so first, about 70% of the material bank users today um, utilize uh, material bank for commercial projects. And the way that we're addressing the, the residential side of it is we're actually going to be launching uh, in um, uh, end of Q1, beginning of Q2 of 2023, uh, we're going to be launching what is our first residential consumer offering. So you're no longer on Material Bank where that is serving architects and designers. This is now just for that consumer residential. And that platform is going to be called Design Shop. Um, and it is going to take all of the same advantages that we have in the infrastructure that we've built. And so you'll envision a consumer sitting in bed. Remember, we can order up to midnight on our platform and everything gets shipped FedEx priority overnight. Um, and so that same standard of care for, for service level expectations is going to go to the consumer as well. So you're in bed you're with your iPad and you want to search for modern farmhouse kitchens, you'll be able to go through quite a few of them. You'll be able to see all of the identified materials. Um, you'll be able to take a very well-known celebrity uh, endorsed uh, uh, designs that have taken place and you'll be able to go through and uh, go from that, that image that you've searched under or the suggestions of that designer all the way through to a sample, and you can come to your order history and actually place uh, that actual order for yourself. So 
the brands just like yourself as, a, as one of the, the, the many amazing brands that are on our platform, you're going to have a simple election. Would you like to participate in this consumer offering? Yes, uh, yes, gonna... I will. Yes. Sign me up. I'll be the first one. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank um, you, guys. Thank you for your loyalty. It means, it means the world yeah. to us. Uh, but you turn it on and now you're on another platform and you're receiving another incredibly high quality lead. Um, you know, and, and again, we're taking your materials, we're placing them in the hands of, uh, in this case, that consumer who is very interested in making that purchase. And we, I always like to say that the sample is the ultimate indicator of an imminent transaction. But when you combine that with the process and workflow and value that we add, it really makes it a very efficient lead process, if you will, because you have someone who really truly took the time and effort to work through to find your product. They requested it. We put it in a box along with other products. We shipped it out, FedEx priority overnight. They received it and now made a very informed decision. That, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. Um, you know, I, I know what you've helped me on. Uh, it's a, it's a scalability issue. So I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to ask that question later on in the podcast, you know, what, what would you take back? But, um, you obviously didn't start at material bank. So can we go back to like your, your beginning, um, you know, before material bank, we, we don't have to do names or this and that, but like sure. how, you know, describe how far back do you want to go? I don't know. How, how far back would you give us? You know, you got, you got, you got a few, few minutes. So just, yeah. Uh, so, so I, I uh, am a first generation immigrant. Uh, my, uh, my folks uh, brought us here. I have a, a twin brother they brought us here uh, at age six and their intent was just to put us in school uh, and to, to register us so that we can go back to our home country and, um, go to an American school there. That was a, a prestigious thing that I think any parent would want to do. But what happened during that one year that we were here, a revolution broke out in that country and we couldn't go back and it was just complete chaos. Um, just very accelerated. Um, I ended up uh, uh, landing uh, sort of in college at a young age and leaving home. I was about 16 years old. Uh, and uh, my, my journey, which was originally to go to med school, uh, pulled me onto Wall Street. So I had uh, a mentor who changed my life, showed me uh, uh, just what incredible uh, uh, things were taking place in a world I didn't know anything about. Uh, and, and so um, he became a mentor to me. And at a, as a teenager, uh, really, I got rerouted to to Wall Street, and I was just in love with it. I, I mean, I, I could not get enough of it. They would tell me I'd have to go home. I didn't understand why you couldn't go to work on the weekends. It, it, was, it, it was an infatuation. Uh, and uh, from from there, I was, I was uh, literally handed uh, in, an entry into uh, one of the most successful Wall Street firms. Uh, I wouldn't have had the opportunity. I didn't qualify for the opportunity if not for my mentor to, to have given me that opportunity. And um, there I met my future business partner. I, had, uh, I was 21 and uh, you know, I thought two years was long enough at that firm. And I thought as a young 21 year old, I knew everything that there was to know about, about the world. There's a lot of- uh, Don't we all? <laughs> don't we all at 21, yes. <laughs> Yes. And so, so it's, it's very interesting now, you know, I have uh, kids these ages 
Um, I have two girls and I, I look, uh, you know, at tw they're 21 and 18 and I look and say, wow, there, there's, there's a very fine line between confidence and arrogance at those ages. And, and uh, so from there, I met my future business partner who, who was, uh, gosh, he was about 15 years older than me. I was 21, he was uh, 36. And we set off to start what became one of the first electronic brokerage firms on Wall Street, uh, self-funded. Uh, and then, you know, somewhere uh, the, the business had a lot of success. Uh, our timing was really just uh, very fortunate, very lucky. And uh, sometime around, uh, I think I was 26, maybe 27, something in there, uh, we became a NASDAQ publicly traded company. And so I'm the luckiest guy in the world. To, you know, to, to go through that, to just start, have a number of startups as, a, as a, an entrepreneur, uh, and now to have had this incredible opportunity with um, Adam Spandau, uh, Peter Fain, and um, to, to be a co-founder here at Material Bank is just, it's remarkable. I, there's not a person who feels more fortunate when they wake up than I do. Yeah, and uh, I mean, that that's absolutely amazing and an unbelievable life experience. And um, I'm trying not to lead our, our listeners because I know what you have worked with me on, which is, you know, from the very beginning, you've, you really caught on to the fact that, you know, Revolution Fabric is, is self-funded. It's, it's funded by my mom and her two sisters. It's a family business. And, but I have dreams, goals, aspirations to, to grow this thing into the biggest upholstery fabric company in the United States. So you're, you're helping me and on, on other ways, but, um, let's go back to the very beginning of Material Bank. Um, is there anything you would have, you would give to our listener, uh, about that you wish you knew at the start? Is there any funny stories, life hacks, uh, any, anything you would, you would say from the very beginning, uh, that you, you, you wish you knew now, or, you know, now, but you wish you knew then, um, gosh, you know, I feel, I feel like an old man at this game. So there, there's. There are uh, patterns that I, I've sort of started to notice that, that entrepreneurs have. Um, we, as a team, very much rolled up our sleeves and attacked every single part. Um, there is not a hierarchy here where we brought on 14 assistants and a, a, you know, staff to help us do things. Um, we started first by doing a lot of research really truly spending time and understanding the pain points and both sides of this industry. And there were three primary areas that I think were very important to learn. One was your seat in understanding how your business operated uh, as the owner of, of Revolution Fabrics. So being in that brand's seat. The second seat that was very important is obviously that architect or designer who are going through and seeing their pain points. And the third was actually the rep, uh, the rep at these brands to understand what their daily process was like. And so what we're looking for in those is after learning the pain points, we're, we're trying to figure out how we can truly scale and make a, um, a large business operate more efficiently. And this industry, you know it quite well, it, it, it's from the 1940s, the business models, the way that they operate. It is not uncommon uh, for there to be family-run businesses and for the prior generations to have done it their way and to, to never brought in modern 
technology to, to help streamline some of those, those pain points. Uh, you guys are very unique in the sense that you did adopt Material Bank right away. You brought these types of tools and you're very open-minded. That's we didn't not have a website until six years ago. Amazing. But not, not all. Are We've even... been around since 1964. We didn't have a website until six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that, that, that is a perfect way of summing up a, a number <laughs> of players in this industry. So it, these are not uncommon, by the way. Uh, these are very common in the sense that uh, old line, primarily family-owned businesses, because this industry, one thing that I have noticed is um, either it passes from generation to generation or these businesses land in the hands of um, private equity who essentially, they professionally take cash out of a business uh, which is another way of saying they don't allow them to invest uh, so that they can grow the business and modernize it. Uh, and so th th those quandaries and those paths that have sort of taken place, they explain a lot of uh, where the industry has landed in the, the state of the union, if you will, today. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. And that, that's something <laughs> I get uh, very, uh, let's just say fiery about. Passionate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a very asset uh, heavy business uh, that you can, you can sell and lease and do all kinds of fun accounting finance things with that. But, um, but yeah, I'm not going to get fired on that, but um, so yeah, scale. So I'm, I'm hearing, I'm hearing scaling and I'm also hearing um, do your research and find the pain point for your customer. Mm -hmm. That's right. Where if you, if you followed them on a day-to-day -day basis, you'd have a terrific understanding. I went and literally before we started, I went and sat with a couple of the very large firms, the megas, like an intern in their design team going through project. It was incredible seeing that, you know, here they are working on a billion dollar plus project and it moves so slow. Uh, I then went and did that at a medium sized firm. I then did that at a smaller firm. Uh, when we started to onboard designers onto our platform, I personally brought on an approved, uh, so I would send out an email uh, and I would say, congratulations, you've been approved. Here's the last step, pick a time that works for you. I'd open my calendar and you'd think I was nuts. I even opened Saturday and Sunday schedules. They'd pick a 30 minute time slot. In the first 15 minutes, I'd approve them, give them a tour of the platform and then they would share their screen and they would walk through their platform. I did that for 1200 plus designers. So that's wow. a lot of questions that I get to ask. I get to learn from the, the designers that are the very large ones all the way through to the small. I could see their behavior, what they were working on, uh, ask away questions. And then I did the very same thing towards the reps. So I would actually personally handle the rep training so that they would be trained on how Material Bank works uh, and to be able to take advantage of many of the tools, including our, our business intelligence tools and really opening such a large um, array of new customers for them. And uh, that was a fascinating process. I, I, I would say, I would estimate that I probably trained in excess of 8,000 reps. So, you know, you start to do that and you get a very good pulse of the ecosystem and you start to, to build a Rolodex for folks that you can call on when pain points come up or when discussions come up. Having that is invaluable. I don't care what type of business you're looking to start. 
I don't care if it's a small, medium or, or large business, being as close to that customer, understanding the small intricacies of their business, where they're having pain points, what parts slow their day down. You literally can ask them, share your pain points with me. Tell me the parts of your day that you just want to avoid. It's a miserable part of your day. That's where you learn the most. Absolutely. Listening is a, something that I feel like a lot of us forget nowadays, and we don't we don't really see the importance in, in just sitting back and listening to people and, and hearing what, what their problems are and how we solve it. So it's it's very inspiring and um, amazing to hear somebody who, who sees importance in that, right? There are two types of listening. There are, number one, listening to reply. And there is a second part of listening, which is listening to learn. Being in that listening to learn moment uh, is where, where I would say you want to really place deep emphasis on. Well, I'm uh, I'm over here writing, so that's why I'm quiet. Yeah. But uh, you know, Farshit, I, I can't thank you enough for your time today. Um, I I know I'm over here with all these notes, and uh, I look forward to continuing to work with you, Material Bank, uh, getting on was it uh, Design Shop, and uh, I can't wait to see uh, you know what our what both of our businesses look like uh, the next four years around. So uh, I really thank can't you very much. You. You've certainly won a lifetime of loyalty with us. We appreciate all of the kind words. Uh, you know, we're, we're always looking to provide a significant advantage for the, the brands that are on our platform. Uh, and that is where, where we should be measured is, do we provide you with a significant advantage over any of your competitors or peers who are not on the platform? But I thank you as well for the opportunity to come here. Uh, and uh, ho hope that this will, will add value uh, and uh, help some of your listeners as they go through uh, this, this amazing journey of our lives. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Starting Designer, a podcast for your first year of interior design. Please make sure to reach out to our guests and thank them for their advice. I want to thank our sponsors, Revolution Performance Fabrics, and please make sure to follow and subscribe on your preferred podcasting channel. As always, I'm your host, Anderson Gibbons, and thank you for listening. Have a great day. Go crush your design business.